Hi, everyone, and welcome to Bad on Paper podcast. I'm Olivia Mentor. And I'm Becca Freeman. And today we're talking about our, our favorite books of 2022, our last episode of the year. Can you believe it? I can't believe it. We've been podcasting for seven months together. Eight months? That's, I guess. Yeah. But then you emailed me in January 2022. So it's really like a full circle moment. We still haven't planned our podcast anniversary trip. I know. Things have been crazy. That may or may not be to Toronto because I still have not <laughs> been to Canada. Okay. We're going to do it. It's going to happen. It's just a matter of when life has a, a breathing moment and then we can do it then. That's fair. Back to this episode, though. It's not just our favorite books of the year. It's also a listener voicemail episode. So it's your favorite books of the year, too. And we got a bunch of fun submissions. Yeah, thank you to everyone who left voicemails. I, I've enjoyed listening to all of them. Well, before we get into books, should we do some highs and lows? Yeah, tell me about your high. I have two highs. So my first high was my trip to Nantucket over the weekend. I so thoroughly enjoyed myself. I expected to love it because I love all of Ellen Hildebrand's books and I was excited to go. Nantucket looks like a town from a Hallmark movie. It looks fake. It it did. From your Instagram, it looked absolutely magical. It was so magical. It was so fun. We did winter stroll, which I wasn't sure what that was last week. Was would, it a stroll? No. What oh. I would compare it to is 60 plus uber wealthy SantaCon. Wow. I don't know if that is intriguing or a little scary or both. It was very fun. Oh, it was okay. very fun. There Good. were a lot of older people getting after it. Of course, naturally. In costumes. Lots of wine consumed. Yeah, it was very fun. I loved it. I'm already dying to go back. I want to go for longer. And I also want to go at a less busy time because I think Christmas Stroll is almost akin to a summer weekend in terms of how many tourists are there. So it was really difficult to get reservations or you know, getting around the island with Ubers was like even hard. So I'm going to go back next year, I think. Would you go back in summer or do you think it'd be too busy? I don't know. I would like to go in summer. Somebody who follows me on Instagram DM'd me and said her sister lives there and she suggested October. So I don't Ooh, know. That'd be I nice. feel ill-equipped to plan anything for 2023. <laughs> I'm, I'm right there I'm with Just you. letting it wash over me. So I don't know <laughs> when I'm going to go back. So that was lovely. And then um, last night, I had dinner and drinks with my agent, Allison, and her assistant, Natalie. Allison's based in Austin, so she was in town for the week. And it was so nice to get to see her and to celebrate all the, the book sales that we've now done together. Yeah. I. It's kind of crazy that you haven't had that moment to celebrate with her yet in person, but I'm glad you did. No, I also haven't met my editor in person yet either. So it was very, very fun. I will confess that I am slightly hungover, and I do have a dentist appointment after this, so it is fair to say that I have regrets. <laughs> but you tell me, what is your high? My high is that I'm going to Scotland tomorrow by myself. I Tomorrow. It's happening. I'm, I'm very excited about it. In all honesty, this is not an ideal time for me to do this. <laughs> like, it's the holidays. Money is tighter than usual. I have deadlines, which is kind of part of the reason why I booked it, because I'm really just going to be walking around and writing, or at least that's the plan. Uh, but I'm I'm making myself go, even though I have every excuse to not go. Um, I have 
anxiety about flying by myself, it's very specific. I've talked about it here before, but I'm pushing through it. I'm doing it. And I think I think this is like exactly what I need right now at this time in my life to, you know, to do the thing that feels like it's going to be the best for me, even if I'm a little scared. So you're ending the year by expanding your horizons. Yeah, I think I'm going to love it. I really do. I'm trying to focus on that. <laughs> I'm really excited for you. I'm really upset for me. I'm mad you're married. I I think this just feels like fertile Christmas movie territory. And like, what if you meet a sheep herder of your dreams? You can't do anything. It's a fair question. I'll just be watching a lot of Outlander in my room. And yeah, that sounds steamy, scandalous. (laughs) What's your low? Uh, My low is I'm dealing with all of this tax slash legal admin for bad on paper. So because Grace left in March, the part that is really grinding my gears is that I'm not a procrastinator usually. And I I actually moved, I changed accountants a few months ago because my old accountant was so unresponsive. So I was trying to deal with it earlier, but I didn't. And now I'm trying to deal with it by the end of the year. And I'm so annoyed at all of this admin stuff I have to do. I feel very bad because I want to help and I don't really know if I can in this scenario, but this is not my area of expertise at all. It would drive me into madness for sure. Yeah, it's not my fave. We have to dissolve our current LLC, which is bad on paper LLC, and I have to make a new LLC. And like, is it going to be called Tiny Tongs LLC? Maybe. Wait, wait. I don't know if it's available. I can't imagine who else would have it. It's got to be. I will call up and threaten whoever has that LLC. Is that how it works? I assume it's like a website URL. (laughs) Blackmail. Find out all their secrets and just blackmail them. So yeah, that's my low. What is your low? My low is that my sleep schedule is probably the worst it's been in solid two years. It is very bad. And What does that mean? It means I'm on my phone on TikTok for hours until like two, three in the morning. Whoa. Yeah, it's escalated. It's not good. It's and not. Then, I'm not proud of it. What time do you get up? Uh, like eight. So, oh, so you're not I'm getting up enough. later than usual. Yeah, it's all bad. And it's like the the surest sign that I am mentally struggling is if I'm just on my phone in bed every night. And Jake's like, "How late were you on TikTok last night?" And I'm like, "I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it." But you know, I'm gonna take this trip. I'm going to reset and come back and just kind of move into 2023 fresh. So pray for me, everyone. (laughs) Thank you so much. But what I really want to talk about, not that I don't care about your sleep schedule because I do, but I really (laughs) want to talk about books. So let's take a quick ad break and then come back and do best books of the year. So I love giving gifts, but receiving gifts can be a little bit trickier because I have very specific tastes. And truthfully, the very last thing I need in my life right now is to acquire more clutter. I am very good at doing that all on my own. And this is why when my family asks me what I want for the holidays, I always encourage them to look on Uncommon Goods. The best part of Uncommon Goods is that they not only offer the most unique gifts, everything from 
customized pottery to the coolest, most unique tech items that you've never seen anywhere else. But they also have their uncommon experiences, which solve the problem of adding another item to someone's junk drawer or an already overcrowded closet. I, too, am part of the Hard to Shop For Club. I hate unnecessary clutter and receiving gifts that I just don't know what to do with, which is why I think Uncommon Experiences is such a good option. They have everything from a chocolate truffles class to a flower arranging class. And this would be such a great way to give the gift of quality time. Maybe you can gift it to a friend or a family member with the intention of doing the experience together. Yeah, I I feel like it's really hard to dislike a gift that essentially says, hey, I would really like to spend time with you. Let's do this together. And the other thing that's great about Uncommon Goods is that when you shop there, you're supporting artists and small independent businesses. And with every purchase you make at Uncommon Goods, they give back $1 to a nonprofit partner of your choice. They've donated more than $2.5 million to date. The other thing I'll say really quickly is I think Uncommon Goods is so fun for kids' gifts. They have such unique craft projects and cool items that would delight any kid in your life. I sometimes feel really overwhelmed with what to get a child that I'm not super close to, but I want to get something that they'd enjoy. So great place to check for that. So to get 15% off your next gift, go to uncommongoods.com slash BOP. That's uncommongoods.com slash BOP for 15% off. Don't miss out on this limited time offer. Uncommon Goods, we're all out of the ordinary. So, Becca, this is my first favorite books of the year episode for the podcast ever, obviously. And I didn't really know how to break it down, but I, I just I threw out some categories and I'm excited to go through them. I think you did a great job on this outline. There, there are no rules. Oh. That's the rule. Let's go wild. Yeah. So the first category that you put in here was favorite book club pick. What was yours? So I have two. The first one is actually one of the last book clubs you and Grace did together, I think, at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. And that is Black Cake by Charmaine Wilkerson. I read this at the beginning of the year, and I was just in love with it. I read it cover to cover. I loved all of the details. So there's so much that happens in this book, but it essentially centers around a mother and her hidden past and her two estranged children discovering it. And it's just so full of detail and warmth and everything. I just, I loved it. I loved it so much. The other one was Lessons in Chemistry by Bonnie Garmus. If I had to choose between the two, I think I did prefer Black Cake, but I also really liked Lessons in Chemistry. I thought it was different than pretty much anything else I read all year. What about you? So you picked two, so I felt entitled to pick two as well. And I think these, not that these are books I disliked, but I think these were my favorite book club episodes, the best to discuss books. So I loved Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, which is something I never would have read without your endorsement and arm twisting, light arm twisting, not <laughs> not that you you made an issue oh, I it. have I have such fond memories. I haven't thought about that book club episode in so long. It was so fun. It we was ate so fun. astronaut ice cream. Uh, if you need a pitch for this book, I will just give you Best Friends in Space. Perfect. Yep. I also think that this book, if you're uh, traveling for the holidays on a long car trip, I've heard the audiobook for this is great. And It is. I can confirm it's very good. I think it's a crowd pleaser. It would work with older kids. It would work with, you know, parents, significant other, whoever you're traveling with. Like, I think it's a pretty universal crowd pleaser. Yeah. Even people that don't read that often, I think, would love this. Yeah. Agree. 
Um, and then I loved, and then you can listen to our book club episode afterwards. Of course. Obviously. And then I loved our book club for You Made a Fool of Death with Your Beauty by Quickie Amaze. I like a book club where we disagree and that we don't have the same opinion. And I thought this book, uh, well, first of all, I had been, I think I'm maybe coming out of it, but I'd been in a romance rut this summer where I was just so sick of reading contemporary rom-coms that all had started to feel really similar. And this one is so messy. It is so not that. So I was delighted by this book. You didn't like it as much. And I think we had such a good discussion about it. Yeah. And it's funny because when I was trying to pick uh, books for this category, and I was kind of torn whether to do like, what did I enjoy personally the most? What conversation was the best? But this one did pop into my brain, even though I didn't end it. And I was like, wow, that was, I loved every second of that. I still blew through that book. I, I enjoyed the experience of getting lost in the story, even if I had questions about it. And I also love the discussion. So I think those are, those are both great picks. And I was very flattered that we got a few listener voicemails that their favorite book of the year was also something that we did a book club around. So let's hear those. Hi, this is Kelly calling in from Texas. My favorite fiction book of this year was actually a book club pick, and that was Wish You Were Here by Jodi Picote. I will say I love a book with a good twist, and I think this book really takes the cake for a shocking twist of all the books I read this year. In a lot of ways, it was kind of scary because this book brought me back to all of the uncertainty that I felt in 2020 around COVID, but it also allowed me to reflect on the progress that's been made since then. And so I think it was kind of interesting to relive that experience a little bit and see how far we've come. I also love books that have a travel and escapist element to them. And I think this was a really good example of that because you kind of felt like in parts of the book that you were in, you know, a different location. Really love this one. One of my top picks for this year. And I love Jodi Picoult's writing. Hi, Olivia and Becca. I just made a list of my 2022 books of the year. I cannot promise they all came out in 2022 because they didn't. And I'm going to spare you the full list, but I will say that my favorite fiction of the year was Black Cake, and my favorite nonfiction is one I just read called Humankind, A Hopeful History. Also, I read this year A Promised Land by Barack Obama, which was just as amazing as everyone has said, and A Little Life, which is just as emotionally devastating as everyone has said. Happy holidays. All right. So next up is favorite romance. So, Olivia, what were your favorite romances? You are obviously the expert here, but I actually read more romance this year than I think I've ever read, and I enjoyed a lot of it. But my favorites were I Loved Book Lovers by Emily Henry. And I love Emily Henry as much as the next person, but I'm not, like, obsessed the way some people are. Not because she isn't incredible. She is. It's just I'm not a romance person necessarily. But I enjoyed Book Lovers so much, the characters, just the banter, so good. And then also Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. I read that at the beach and it was so immersive. And I remember we had someone on for our summer book preview. And I think it was Phoebe Wright of Read and Write on Instagram. But she suggested Every Summer After and said like she could just feel the sun on her skin while reading it. And that's exactly what that experience of reading that book was like. So yeah, I loved that one. How about you, Beck? Every Summer After was also my favorite romance of the year. Not that I didn't love book lovers too. Look at us. I have trouble picking things. This, this is me. This is a me problem. I was so surprised by it because it was a debut, so I'd never read from this author before. And I read it in one sitting on a flight from London to New York. It is so 
it's a it's fairly simple, but it's like the emotional highs and lows in the book are just so good. I just I couldn't stop turning the pages and I was sucked in by this book in a way I like a lot of books. I I have read a lot of books this year, but like that feeling of like, oh my God, I am in a deep dark well with this book. That one's rare. So Yeah. I think this is I've seen just nothing but absolute love for this book everywhere. Well, if you don't trust us, we have a listener voicemail endorsing it as well. And we have two other romances that I have not read. Hey, Becca and Olivia. This is Lisa calling from Wisconsin. Um, I just saw your post about my favorite book of the year and hands down has to be Every Summer After by Carly Fortune. It was amazing. Chef's kiss. I recommend it to everybody. And I've already got her next book pre-ordered for next year. Have an awesome holidays and can't wait to hear that book. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My favorite book of the year was Thank You for Listening by Julia Whalen. Julia Whalen's known for being an audiobook narrator. She does all the Taylor Jenkins reads, honestly, any really cool popular book she's done. But her book is about a audiobook narrator and it's hilarious and poignant and has a lot going on. My favorite scene is at the very beginning of the book and she's the main character is listening to an audiobook that has a sex scene and she forgets to plug in her headphones all the way. So the audiobook is just like playing on an airplane and it was just hilarious. Highly recommend. Thank you for listening by Julia Whalen. Hi, Beck and Olivia. This is Vanessa, a longtime listener and fan of the podcast. I just wanted to talk about two romance novels that I really loved that I've read this year. The first is A Caribbean Heiress in Paris by Adriana Herrera and is about a Dominican rum heiress and a Scottish earl who enter into a marriage of convenience in 1890s Paris. And it is so fun. It's steamy. The like, There's such strong women characters. It's diverse. It's so great. And the second one is... After Hours on Milagro Street by Angelina M. Lopez, which is set in a small town in Kansas with a really vibrant Mexican-American community. And between the one of the daughters of the community, who's a bartender trying to save her family bar, and the professor who, you know, wants to build a museum in the bar to tell the family story, but there's a lot of mishaps along the way. There's, like, villains, and it's also very steamy and strong women, and it's these are both some great romances. Thanks. So for this next category, it's favorite mystery, thriller, or suspense. I kind of threw it all in there. Sure, sure. This is, I guess, more my speed. But I actually read a lot fewer thrillers this year. And I had a lot of those I did read. I had a lot fewer ones that I loved. Kind of interesting. Do you have thriller fatigue? I was talking to Grace about this. And I feel like she was saying she has thriller fatigue where she can predict the ending of most of them. A little bit. I think also it probably has something to do with the fact that I was for a lot of it writing a thriller. So I was like kind of every book I read, I would compare what I was working on too. And it just became really difficult. I think that for last year, I was so obsessed with the push and it made such an impact on me as a reader and a writer that I like compared everything to that, which is really hard because it is such an incredible thriller. But anyway. Maybe it was also a bad vintage for thrillers. We did not get a single voicemail endorsing a thriller. I don't think. I, I noticed that and so, I was surprised. You know, you know how sometimes like wines have bad years? Maybe it's a bad year for thrillers. 
they're corked. I read probably, I would say, maybe 20 thrillers. And there were a lot that I liked and some that I hated and all of that. But um, actually, the one that I chose isn't even really technically a thriller. I'd call it more like literary suspense or crime. And it is Notes on an Execution by Danya Kukovka. And this book is about a serial killer, but it is told from the perspective of all of the women that surround him in his life and the crimes and all of that. It is so unbelievably well-written. The very first chapter I read of this book, the first line, I was like, I will love this. I love this writing. I love this language. I love everything about it. It's not your traditional thriller with like twists and turns, but it's so unique, so good. And I loved it. I loved every second of it. What is your pick for favorite thriller or suspense or mystery of the year? Uh, Mine is Reckless Girls by Rachel Hawkins. And I read this earlier in the year. I think it came out in February. And it is about two girls who take a sailing trip. They're hired as like their boat is hired out basically. And they take this couple to a remote island in the South Pacific, like past Hawaii. When they arrive, there are a few other people who are already on the island and suspicious things ensue. I think I liked this so much because of the setting. Like I thought it was really interesting. It wasn't historical, but there was there were little tidbits about the island which had been used as a a plane refueling base during World War II. And I I just I really liked like the lush setting and the descriptions of the island. And obviously for me it's always important that I don't ever feel like it's something that I'm picturing myself in. So having it be on a sailing trip on a remote island very much took the fear out for me of, oh, no, this could happen to me. <laughs> I love Rachel Hawkins. I read two of her books this year, and her writing style, the way she writes thrillers, is so immersive and like approachable. I just I love it so much and so fast paced. So I have to read this. Oh, I was going to say, was this one of them? <laughs> no, I read The Wife Upstairs and then her upcoming book I just finished, which we'll talk about at the end uh, a little bit. The Villa. Oh, okay. I was struck while reading both books just how fast I was turning the pages. Yeah, I, I'd recommend this one. Well, let's get into favorite literary fiction for the year. I think this is the category I had the most success in this year, personally. But I actually... believe for you, smarty pants. <laughs> I am fancy, and that is why. No. <laughs> I'd like you to know that Olivia is recording with her pinky up. I am. It's true. In my all too well Taylor Swift sweatshirt. So No, she's I wearing a top hat and a monocle. Don't let her fool you. Top hat, monocle, and all too well Taylor Swift sweatshirt. Okay, so my two favorites. The first one is we've talked about a ton on here. And it's also like if you like books at all, even if you don't, you have probably seen someone talking about this book. Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Seven. Just incredible friendship story. But The other one that I just finished this week that I was blown away by was Fellowship Point by Alice Elliott Dark. I've literally never heard of this. Right. Okay. So it's kind of a sleeper. It's it took me literally probably two and a half months to read. It's 600 pages long. Whoa. Um, And I was reading it in very small chunks in the morning. But it is about two women in their 80s, one of whom is a famous writer And it is about their experience of having this summer house in Maine. There's so much going on, but a lot of it is about writing. I love reading books about writers. It is so dense that at times I was like, okay, the writer just really went into this and was like, I'm going to just write whatever I want. I'm going to write everything. You're not cutting a single thing. But it kind of made it 
I don't know. That made the experience better in the end. And the last line, I got full body chills, goosebumps on my entire body. I was like, everything makes sense. It was so well tied together. There's also kind of a twist at the end I didn't see coming, which was surprising to me. Anyway, I just, it's not for everyone. It's very dense, but I loved it. I loved it. What about you? I also have tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow. Another plug, I don't know of anyone who's listened to the audio for this, but I think it, I assume it would be good. I think this would be another crowd pleaser audiobook to listen to on a long car trip. The central story is about uh, two friends who, three friends who design a video game together. So, you know, there's a lot in there, but I think it's like very universal. And I, as you could probably guess, do not care about video games at all and was so sucked into this. So I think almost anyone could enjoy this book. And even though it's literary, it's not overly highfalutin. No, it's not. It's very, very approachable. Yes. And sad. Just get ready to cry, everyone. Yeah. And then the second recommendation I have is Marrying the Ketchups by Jennifer Close. Have you read this, Olivia? No, I think this is the one that's set during the 2016 election, right? It's right in the aftermath of the 2016 okay. election. Which, darkness. Darkness. <laughs> but, but I trust your recommendation, so I should pick it up. So it's an intergenerational family drama about um, a family who live in the suburbs of Chicago. I can't remember the specific suburb. And own uh, their family owns a restaurant. It's told in the aftermath of the 2016 election, right after Trump got elected, the Cubs won the World Series, and the patriarch of the family has just passed away. Kind of the whole family is in turmoil. And it is just, if you like a complicated family novel, it's so good. The portrayal of working in a restaurant is so good. I was just so invested in these people. Oh, okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to resurface this one. And we have a couple of other listener voicemails. I also put a historical fiction in here because I didn't know where else to put it. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Abrielle, and I wanted to share about the best book that I have read this year is Absolutely Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Um, in full disclosure, I have not even finished the book yet, but I'm just enjoying it so much. I'm enjoying the story. I think it's so thoughtful and funny and just a really beautiful a really beautiful story. So I wanted to share that with you both and just say thank you so much for the podcast. And it has just helped me to feel like less alone. It's just, it's a joy every week. So thank you guys and happy new year. Bye. Hi, Beck and Olivia. This is Jenna from Nebraska. I am calling to recommend the hands down best book I read all year, The Magnificent Lives of Marjorie Post by Allison Pataki. It is a historical fiction book that focuses on the post era, think like General Mills, post serial. And it is a phenomenal book. My grandmother actually recommended it to me and I wish I could read it five more times than I probably will. It's so different than many of the lighthearted rom-coms I've been reading lately. And it really gave me the opportunity to delve deeper into history and going from nothing to becoming an heiress. So um, highly recommend. I hope some other people can enjoy it as well. Let's take an ad break. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
Before I started therapy, I think I had this idea that it was going to be the thing that immediately cured me of stress and anxiety. I thought it would be kind of like going to the doctor. You'd tell the therapist what's wrong, and they'd instantly give you a way to feel better. And while therapy has helped me with my anxiety and stress in major ways, it's actually been a lot more like simply learning how to understand myself. And as it turns out, this has been the key to really feeling like I'm living intentionally and authentically which is my biggest goal in life. And BetterHelp is such a good option when it comes to stress-free therapy. As the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable, convenient, and offers video and chat options so you don't have to worry about awkward waiting rooms or sitting in traffic. While nothing will give you that how-to guide to life that we've all tried looking for, therapy will give you the tools to understand yourself and how you react to things, and it makes it so much easier to navigate life's ups and downs. To get started, all you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire on BetterHelp to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash badonpaper. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash badonpaper. Let's talk about our favorite wildcard books. These were books that I felt like maybe didn't fit neatly into one category, but we enjoyed nonetheless. Agree. Tell me about yours. Okay. So for the first one, I went way back to the beginning of the year, and I picked The Unsinkable Greta James by Jennifer E. Smith, and I adored this book. I think it is technically shelved as a romance, and there is a romance in it, but I don't think that that's kind of the central it's I feel like it's more self-discovery almost yeah I loved this one too it's about a woman who's like an indie rock star who in the aftermath of the death of her mother goes on an Alaskan cruise with her father and then two other couples who are their parents couple friends so the whole thing is set on a cruise ship in Alaska. And it's, it's so interesting and unique. And, and she's really kind of learning to deal in the aftermath of her mom's death and then also kind of like reestablishing a relationship with her, her kind of like stoic father. And I loved it. I thought it was so well done. It's great. Actually, Jake's mom came and stayed with us. Or I think she was watching Winnie when we were traveling or something. And I left her some books. And she's not a huge reader, but she loved this one as well. So oh. a great gift for the holidays, maybe. Yeah. And then the other one is The Ark by Tracy Henwood Hone. And I read this more recently. And again, I think it's shelved as a romance. It is so snarky and satirical. Don't go into it expecting, you know, a straight up contemporary rom-com. I just thought this book was so unique. And again, in my phase of overdosing on rom-coms, this just felt really different. It is about a woman who joins a very exclusive dating service where you have to pay $50,000 and go stay at this center for a week and they will match you with your soulmate and they have a 100% success rate. And so then, you know, it's about her kind of like meeting her soulmate. It also takes place in New York City and she works in brand marketing for an agency. So if you've worked in like any kind of marketing slash ad agency or in the startup world, the satire is so, it's like the worst part of true things where you're like, this is so on the nose. It's so perfect. Um, And I loved this. I feel like this one just got, it got lost. I don't know. It did nothing. I think it came out maybe last year and 
I, I haven't seen it anywhere. And I think it's so sharp and so unique. And I don't know why more people aren't talking about it. And everyone who has read it since I talked about it and has DM'd me about it has said that they loved it. I think I'm going to download this one on my Kindle for my trip. I've been trying to figure out what I want to download. And this seems like it could be a good option. Yeah. I'm very curious to hear what you think. What about you? My wild card was Remarkably Bright Creatures by Shelby Van Pelt. And I think there's a listener voicemail that talks about this one as well, which makes me happy. Hi, Becca and Olivia. This is Katie from Katie Needs a Bigger Bookshelf. Uh, my favorite book of the year was Remarkably Bright Creatures. I just felt like it was such a unique premise. And it was just one of those heartwarming reads that I don't know about you guys, but I need all the heartwarming reads that I can get right now. So thanks for listening. So I like to download random books on my Kindle that aren't related to an upcoming release or the podcast, just kind of changes things up. And so this was a random one I downloaded. It had pretty good reviews. From the first page, I was surprised because I won't give it away, but the narrator is very unique and it's not a human being. (laughs) The best way I could describe this, I guess, is like a cozy mystery. So there is a mystery at the heart of the story, but it's very warm. It's very happy. It's not dark at all. There are some emotional elements, but I can't really tell you much about the plot without giving away the main narrator. But I just loved that I read the first page and I was like, I've never seen this done before and I love it and it's making me smile. So that's my pick. I am really wanting to read this, but as you can see behind me, my TBR pile is (laughs) very big. dangerously high. It's towering over the SoulCycle bike. It is. It's so high. So I, I, and I feel like I'm trying to read books for next year to screen for book club pick. So I'm I'm not letting myself buy this, which is like a silly, dumb rule. (laughs) I don't know why, but I really want to read this. Yeah. It's a good pick if you just want something that's really kind of heartwarming. Okay. Let's hear some other listener voicemails with some wild cards, which is also where I put all of our nonfiction. Hey, Becca and Olivia. This is Caroline calling in about my favorite books from 2022. My first is a nonfiction book that I don't think technically came out this year, but the paperback did and I read it, so I'm going to count it. And that is Ace by Angela Chen, What Asexuality Reveals About Desire, Society, and the Meaning of Sex. It is such a great book that looks at how we center romantic relationships and romantic feelings when maybe we could start placing emphasis on friendships and other relationships and how that might work in our society. In terms of fiction, one of my favorites was Sea of Tranquility by Emily St. John Mandel. I love her writing. The way that she weaves different characters and their storylines and their timelines together, I think is brilliant. And I thought that this was a great end to the Station Eleven Glass Hotel kind of pseudo trilogy. Just so good. I also really enjoyed Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin and Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir, which need no explanation on this podcast. And then I'm a huge romance reader as well. That's what I mostly read. And so some favorites from this year were Heartless by Elsie Silver and Fool Hearts by Emily Sanders, which are both cowboy romances. And then Maggie Moves On by Lucy Score. And of course, she wrote Things We Never Got Over, which I also loved. But Maggie Moves On is set in Idaho. It's a woman who does kind of house flipping and she falls in love with the landscaper and the landscaper has an excellent dog that is a great character in the book. So love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. 
Hi, Becca and Olivia. Calling from Idaho. Got to represent because nobody knows anyone that's from Idaho. So, hi. I think two of my favorite books that I read this year, which are both kind of along the same themes, were Jeanette McCurdy's I'm Glad My Mom Died and Ashley C. Ford's Somebody's Daughter. I loved both of these memoirs. They both talk about the hard subjects of dealing with emotionally unavailable or unstable mothers and just the complicated feelings that come with loving a parent that is also toxic. I would encourage anyone to check them out. Yeah, those are two of my favorites. Love the pod. I listen every week. It's like hanging out with two friends. So thank you. Hi, this is Lauren in Nebraska. The best book I read or rather listened to this year was The Wreckage of My Presence by Casey Rose Wilson. She is such a gifted comedian and this book had me laughing, crying. I listened to it all in one night and I listened to it in early February of 2022 and I'm still thinking about it. It still resonates so much with me. So highly recommend that memoir. Hi, you guys. My favorite book of this year was one not written in 2022, but I just discovered it, and it is 2012's The Selection Series by Kira Cass. I've been describing it as if The Bachelor reality show was set in a futuristic dystopian United States. So it has some great tension, romance. It is YA. And it reminded me a lot of why I fell in love with reading as a teen. So before we get into our favorite books of the year, what constitutes a favorite book for you? Like, how would you define that? What makes you go, this is the best book I've read this year? Ooh, interesting question. I think it's half about the reading experience and really enjoying it in the moment and either the feeling of getting sucked in or you know, having a really strong emotional response to the book. But then I think also there's something about that it sticks with you after you're done reading it. And mm. so the one that I picked is something that I I loved at the time, but is something that I've I've thought about again and again and again this year. And and that's why I picked it as my like singular favorite book. So tell us, what is it? Wait, what makes a favorite book for you? I was thinking about this while filling out this list, but I think for me, it has to be something that's a page turner, something that I get lost in, something that surprises me that I think, oh, I've never seen that done that exact way before. Something that makes me want to underline sentences like, oh, that's a beautiful sentence. Bonus points if it if it makes me if it moves me, if it makes me feel emotional or like overjoyed or something like that. Okay. I don't know. For me to love a book, it doesn't have to have all of those. But for it to be a favorite, I feel like it has to have everything. Okay. So yeah, tell me about yours. So mine is This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. And we had her on the podcast to discuss this. So if you liked this book or after this, if you read this and you want to hear from the author, we do have an episode with her. The book is about a woman who just turns 40 and gets stuck in a time loop going back in time to her 16th birthday. It's really light. I feel like the the system of time travel makes it's easy, it makes sense. It's not overly sci-fi. Yeah. And the book is really it's more about like the emotions and as this is all happening, her father is sick and I'm not sure if he's in a coma, he's in the hospital. 
There's a really touching storyline about the father-daughter relationship. And there's also just such a fantastic portrayal of being a city kid growing up in New York in the 90s. And I don't know, I think about this book on multiple levels on like a weekly basis. I loved it. I read it at the same month, I think, as Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And I think maybe at the time I enjoyed Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow a little bit more. But then this one, I just can't stop thinking about. Yeah, it's a it's I actually it's funny because I have this written down for favorite book club pick. And then I realized we didn't actually do it for book club. We We interviewed Emma, but this is a wonderful book. Yeah, great. Very good choice. And tell me yours. Mine is the book I can't stop talking about, which is We All Want Impossible Things by Catherine Newman. I I know you've read it, Becca, uh, and liked it, loved it. I think you said. I did. I I really loved it. It was a harrowing experience for me emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a lot. For those that, that have missed it, it is a book about a woman who is taking care of her friend as she goes through hospice care. It is incredibly hard to read in parts, but it's also hilarious somehow. And I'm kind of blown away by the author's ability to strike that balance. I think someone messaged me and said, this is one of the funniest books I've ever read, but also the saddest. I agree with that. And I just, it's so rare to be able to write that way. And oh my gosh, I have chills actually just thinking about like some of the passages and stuff that will stick with me for a long time. But it's also a wonderful book. It's also just such a wonderful jewel box of a book. I think it's 200 and 20-ish pages. It's very, very short. And the fact that it accomplishes so much in such a short period of time, but you feel connected to the characters and like... And it's very hard to put down. It's very hard to put down. It is is like such a triumph. Yes. So let's get to a few more listener voicemails about their favorite books of the year. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name's Kara. And my number one book this year was The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. I know it's a little bit of an older book, but I read it for the first time this year and have not stopped thinking about it since. Love you guys and love the pod. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Carol. I'm calling from Nebraska. My favorite book of the year was Babel by R.F. Kuang. Um, I It may be recency bias because I just read it a few weeks ago, but um, it really had everything. It had the dark academia vibes, friendship, some magical realism, beautiful settings in in Oxford, etymology, and yeah, just exciting book, super, super beautifully written, and I cannot recommend it enough. I think it's really important, a really important topic to talk about as our world becomes more globalized. So that's my book of the year, and thank you for the podcast. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Alice. I am a huge fan of the podcast. I've actually, fun fact, listened to every episode, except not every book club episode. Um, I'm working through that list. Like, we'll get there eventually, but not there yet. Anyway, um, my best book of the year is Other Birds by Sarah Addison Allen. This is a book of the month pick a couple months ago. And from the people I've seen that have read it, they've also loved it. But I don't know. I feel like it's been an underrated book. I really have not seen a lot of people reading it or hyping it. It actually wasn't even my book of the month pick. I got something else and then happened to put it on hold. It's just such a beautiful book. I saw it described in a review as reading a ray of sunshine, and I totally agree with that. That's what I came out of it with. The author's writing was so atmospheric. It was so happy, but also 
sad, but like in a happy way. It, it was like a love story, but not necessarily a romantic one, like a friendship love story. It weaved together so many different elements. It was a really atmospheric story setting for the story. And I just loved it so much. So if you haven't read Other Birds by Sarah Addison Allen, I really recommend. And let's take an ad break. If anyone out there is like me and has struggled with health anxiety, I want to share the three biggest rules I have made for myself that have helped me get over this health anxiety. One, never Google symptoms. Two, trust your gut. And three, when a symptom persists, ask an expert in real life, aka a real doctor, not the internet. Number three is arguably the most important step here, and it's often where my love of ZocDoc comes into play. ZocDoc is a free app that shows you doctors who are patient-reviewed, take your insurance, and are available when you need them with absolutely zero waiting on hold with a receptionist or awkward phone call time. Because I have less than stellar insurance, it makes finding doctors that much more frustrating. I can't even tell you how many hours of research and phone calls ZocDoc has saved me. And I love that I can read reviews on doctors so that I can make sure I'm getting the right doctor and not just the first one that happens to take my terrible insurance. And I love that I can see a doctor's full appointment schedule so I can pick a time that works for me instead of just their next available appointment. ZocDoc makes it easy to read all those reviews and search for doctors that feel right to you. Whether you're searching for the first available appointment or you want to find the best doctor within a certain distance of your house, ZocDoc makes the process easy and pain-free. I also love that it makes rescheduling and moving appointments particularly easy, which is great if you're someone like me who has anxiety about calling the office and rescheduling or canceling and worries that everyone will be mad at you. So if you need to book an appointment or you just want to do something nice for yourself and book those annual checkups in advance, go to ZocDoc.com, find the doctor that's right for you, and book an appointment in person or remotely that works with your schedule. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc, and I'm one of them. It is absolutely my go-to whenever I need to find and book a quality doctor. Go to ZocDoc.com BOP and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then start your search for a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash bad on paper. ZocDoc.com slash B-O-P. Let's get into some obsessions. Yes. What is your obsession this week? My obsession is the experience of basking in the glow of my Christmas trees lights. I like it. I am a rainbow colored lights person. I am a tacky tree person. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't know this about you. Yep. That's It surprises me. I like it, but it's surprising. I This is who I am. This is who I've always <laughs> been. And nothing delights me more than either first thing in the morning or in the evening, just sitting on my couch with no other lights on other than a Christmas tree and just soaking up the so cozy yeah soaking up the goodness everyone i think thinks of a christmas tree at night but a morning lit up christmas tree when you're With drinking your coffee, coffee. Oh. oh gosh there's nothing better it's just the ambiance reading a we book should, why don't we do that year round i know like, god i know like what joy does lamps give us Fuck exactly lamps. exactly they're boring and stupid and i don't like them yeah <laughs> What's yours? Mine is, I've discovered a Facebook group called For the Love of Pickles. 
Olivia, and you and your <laughs> Facebook groups. Zuckerberg has me figured out and in ways that I don't even know because they present to me. I don't even use Facebook to like communicate with anyone to follow friends or family at this point. It's just weird interest groups that I follow. So I I do love pickles. I love pickles a lot. They suggested to me this group that is just like 200,000 people who also love pickles. I was like, what could go wrong? Well, let me tell you many things. It turns out I think people are abusing pickles. Like abusing pickles. Have you ever heard of a Kool-Aid pickle beckle? Be- beckle? <laughs> have you ever That's heard my of pickle a pickle name? <laughs> beckle. <laughs> okay, have you ever heard of a Kool-Aid pickle? It's what it sounds like. It's a it's a pickle with Kool-Aid powder on top of it. Ew. This is an, not an uncommon thing within the group. Another not uncommon thing, peanut butter and pickles. I wonder it's if everywhere. that's like a if that's actually good. Like it doesn't sound appetizing, but like I could see the I sort of <sighs> knew it was a thing, but somehow just the visual of it. It's not great. No. The t- the texture, it's it's wrong. So anyway, have you contributed yeah. to this group? Have you made a post? I'm have scared. you made a comment? I there's a, some drama going on with the oh, pickle, pickle pen drama. pound group. About what? Someone was scamming other people. <laughs> Which, why you would buy pickles watch, from a stranger would, on the internet? I would watch this documentary. Say no more. I'm tuning in. I, listen, if there's like a Netflix producer out there, I can present you with any number of unique Facebook groups of just very bizarre people with very specific interests. But yeah, so there's some pickle trauma. Mm. I feel intimidated. There's more out there than I than I knew about pickles. But every day I kind of sit on the couch and I'm like, Jake, like what? Like what the pickle group was doing today. It's just wild. Anyway, so that's that's that. <laughs> Tell me about your books. Based on this list, like did you go on a secret beach vacation last week? No, but I'm not sleeping. So <laughs> Oh. So it's not just the TikTok. Right. So the first three books I read all in basically one sitting. So uh each and then the, or yeah. Together. No, no. <laughs> One night each. Oh, I was like, so you're just yeah. staying up for 48 hours? Just... Um, okay, so the first one is Scandalized by Ivy Owens. Have you read this one? Yes. What did you think? I here's Here is my problem with steamy romances. I'm just going to mm. say it. I don't really care about the character development. I just want to get to the spicy scenes. So okay. I kind of just end up... Having said that, the spicy scenes in this book were very good. And I did like the characters. I liked this book a lot. I don't know if it is possible to intuit whether the author was having a lot of fun while writing it through the end product, but it felt to me like she was having fun. So either, you know, she, she oh, yeah. is a good pretender or like she just had a blast doing this. Yeah. And for those that don't know, it's like a famous person, real person romance. There's other details, but that's the gist of it. It was on Kindle Unlimited. So, you know, if you're feeling wild and want to download something for free, go for it. And then the second one was These Silent Woods by Kimmy Cunningham Grant. I saw this book. Some bookstagrammer I follow posted it. The cover spoke to me in such a way that I immediately ordered it. It's like a, a cabin in the middle of a snowy wood mountain landscape. And the plot is there is a father who lives in the woods with his daughter isolated from society and you kind of gradually learn why so here's an interesting thing about this book i whipped through it like was very impressed by it it's a great suspense story it's very atmospheric for winter 
And then I got to the end and I realized it's like a Christian book, ah, which is fine. I don't really like that it seemed to bamboozle me a little bit like, oh, secret parable. Like, mm. but anyway, so if you are religious, you might enjoy it if you're Christian. That is not where I thought this was going. I thought this was going to be the most gruesome murder book <laughs> no, that has no, ever it, existed. It's actually much more like cozy mystery. Uh, and Got it does it. have a good twist. I think it's very well written, but I just didn't really like that that was kind of like, it just felt unnecessary to the story. Got it. And then I also read The Villa by Rachel Hawkins, which comes out in January. I also literally started this, finished this the same night. As I said, I love how Rachel Hawkins writes thrillers, and I think people will really enjoy this. And then finally, I already talked about this one, but Fellowship Point by Alice Elliott Dark. Just incredible. Loved it. So whereas you did the most, <laughs> I did the least. And I finished the book. That's I, okay. <laughs> I finished the book I was reading last week. I finished The Christmas Wish by Lindsay Kelk. It was so fun. I don't know how much Christmas reading I'm going to do this year, but I really like Lindsay. I have loved her past books. And so I, I really wanted to make sure I, I got to this one. And it was so fun. It's it's a Groundhog's Day Christmas book where like somebody gets stuck in a time loop reliving Christmas over and over. You're probably thinking, that sounds just like In a Holiday is by Christina Lauren. And I promise you it's not. It's about a woman who is kind of stuck in all aspects of her life. When she gets stuck in this time loop, she has a theory that it's because one of her family members wished this on her. And so she spends a day with each of her family members in turn trying to figure out what their ultimate wish would be. And there's a really it, it's really sweet about realizing that she doesn't know as much about her family as she she assumed she did. You know, my problem with a lot of Christmas books is that they're too sweet. They're too family. y And while this is a small town family Christmas book. It has an edge to it. The banter is so sharp. It's very British rom-com-y in, in the way that it's written, which is my fave. And I just had such a fun time reading this. It sounds perfect for reading while basking in the lights of your Christmas tree. Yes, that's that's exactly where I did my reading. Perfect. So that's what we've got for you. I guess we're... Last episode of the year. Yeah, we're just... Peace out. See you in 2023. <laughs> Tiny Tongues, <laughs> LLC. <laughs> Copyright. Tiny tongs out. Instead of a peace sign, it's just me holding up two tiny tongs. Yeah, now she's got her top hat, her monocle, and two pairs of tiny tongs that she's wielding like lobster claws. <laughs> and on that note, I'll bid you adieu. <laughs> yeah, that feels like the right note to end on. Don't even follow us. Oh. I don't care. <laughs> just picture that. Oh, man, I'm excited for 2023. You know, in, in the Taylor Swift song where it's like, say you'll remember me, like standing in a nice dress staring at the sunset, like remember Olivia in her all too well sweatshirt, a top hat, a monocle and two pairs of tiny tongs, no pants. Again, a powerful image staring in the sunset that will not leave any of your brains anytime soon. So you're welcome. <laughs> That's our holiday gift to you. <laughs> that mental image. <laughs> Bye. Oh, or, oh, we're just really just oh, going? Okay. I think so. What else do you say after that? All right. Happy holidays, everyone. We'll see you in the new year. Bye. <laughs> I mean, that is a power move. A top hat, a monocle, a sweatshirt, and no pants. I mean, that just says I I am feeling myself today. Or I'm anyway. drunk. Or I'm drunk. <laughs>